We welcome into the program the voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Last night, the uh, Horns and the Bears uh, wrapped up the, uh, the the final game for the Texas men in the Irwin Center before they move to a new facility. Obviously, the women will uh, will continue to play there, and they'll be in, in postseason. Uh, and we welcome into the program, as we mentioned, Craig Way. I, Craig, do you happen to know how many games that you have worked in that facility? Well, I haven't done the math. But it's it's thirty years. I mean, the first nine years as the analyst, and then uh, and then the last twenty one in the play by play role. And then there's been a lot of UIL state basketball mm-hmm. tournament games there. And then of course the women I've done for twenty five years. So I, you know, if, even if you said it was like on average fifteen games a year, uh, whatever <laughs> whatever that all adds up to, I you know somewhere in the neighborhood or whatever. 750 to 800 games, something like that. I don't, you, you know, it's been a lot. You know, you know how it is, Tom. You've been there. You, you you put your head down. You're working. You're going. You're grinding. Next thing you look up, you go, "Gosh, I've been doing this 20 years." You know that <laughs> kind of thing. So it's been at it a while, but it's been a great run. We're just we're going to throw some random questions at you, and and, and we're going to start. And I wrote mine down. I, I just want to see if if our answers match. But best player to play in the Irwin Center, in your opinion. I'm sorry, I lost the last part of that. Would you say as a player, what's that? Best player that pl- oh. that played in the Irwin Center, in your opinion. Who's the best player you saw well, in that, that building? That, 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 that one's easy. That's Kevin Durant. Okay. Um, now, now, he was only there one year, clearly. And T.J. Ford was also a national player of the year. And he played two years there at Texas. Uh, but for my money, I think it's Kevin Durant. You know, Brian Davis, the Austin American Statesman, did an article on the best moments in the Irwin Center history for Longhorn basketball, and he asked uh, Eddie Orn, uh, of course, uh, longtime former assistant coach, and then been my analyst for the past 21 years. And we each came up with with some moments, and and for me, it was uh, in front of a crowd similar to last night, sellout, just teeming and noisy and boisterous in that 06-07 season, and it was Kevin Durant for Texas and AC law for Texas A&M. And they were vying for national player of the year honors. And uh, they were going back and forth. And then it goes double overtime. And then Durant hits a fadeaway three in the corner and knocks it out on the right wing. And I remember saying on the broadcast, there's your national player of the year right there. And he, and he wound up being so uh, he was, he could get his shot virtually anywhere on the floor. So I, I would say probably Kevin Durant. Craig, best concert you saw at the Irwin center. <laughs> Uh, this is going to be close. Uh, Bob Seger was great. Mm. Uh, Paul McCartney, really good. And George Strait. I mean, all three were tremendous. Now, I got it. Here's, here's uh, some true admission for you fellas. Uh, you know, folks, I've been asked a lot about, you know, uh, favorite memories and all that. I don't know about favorite memory of the Irwin Center, but one of the most lasting, enduring memories when I was in college. In uh, when I was in college, when I was 20, 21 years old, one of the ways that I put myself through college is I sold T-shirts at concerts, and I worked for the either for the band or for the arena, and uh, and so you know, and usually I worked at Reunion Arena in Dallas or the Summit in Houston. Now that's Joel Osteen's church, or uh, up in Oklahoma, I went on tour with Journey in the summer of '83. Whoa! Did all these different ones. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, just working for the band, you're selling the shirts. Well, one time I got a call at the last minute. Now this has been 40 years ago. Plus this was like December of 81. And, and, uh, uh, the guy who normally manages us 
and would call and tell, hey, we got a show in, in Oklahoma City or we got a show in Houston. He said, hey, would you like to work a show in Austin? I'd never worked for him. I said, yeah, what is it? He said, it's Neil Diamond. I said, okay. They said, meet us down at so-and-so's apartment down in Austin. That's where we'll get everything distributed. And I thought that was kind of weird because normally we get together at the arena. But we go down there, and then they load us up with these shirts, and then I realize these aren't licensed by the promoter, by the concert or the arena. These are bootlegs. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. Wait, what's, what's the deal here? And, and they said, well, we're, we're only doing what's called the blow-off when the people leave the arena. So they've already left the arena. They're not taking any business away from anybody at all. You're just going to stand out near the corner. And I thought, I don't like this at all. But I, <laughs> I did not drive. I rode down with my buddy. And he said, come on, we might as well just go ahead and do it. So they, they load us up. Yeah, it's like a dozen shirts. And then you go back to this meeting point if you get, sell those out. We go and we stand on the corner. And I just got started. So all of a sudden, this huge roadie for Neil Diamond comes up and grabs me. and goes, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And I said, hey, we weren't inside the arena. We're just waiting. He said, that doesn't matter. You're coming with me. So he puts his arms around. And he starts walking me. And I've heard all these horror stories about roadies beating up bootleggers <laughs> and all this stuff. And all I could think was, I got to get out of here. So I said, I said, hey, do you want to know where my partner is? He goes, yeah. And I said, he's right there. And I pointed right. And when the guy looked right, I took off left <laughs> and ran. And that guy must have chased me for 300 yards. I remember running down past the old Texas Tennis Center and running across a lot. So that's my most enduring memory, unfortunately. <laughs> I think the, Frank Center, the time I escaped death prosecution when I was accidentally thrust into a bootleg shirt bending situation. <laughs> that's awesome. Craig, y'all had some broadcasting royalty there last night. You had uh, Vern Lundquist and um, Brad Sham. What was it like to spend that night with th- those guys and take in the moment? Well, they're, they're wonderful people, and they're, and they're friends, mentors. Brad was my boss for seven years. In fact, Scott McConnell, the uh, media relations director for basketball, uh, called me when I was driving back. I was up in Arlington yesterday morning uh, emceeing a uh, Texas High School Coaches Leadership Summit. And Troy Aikman was there, and uh, Troy and I got to talking, and, and he asked me if I'd seen Brad lately. I said, I'm going to see him tonight. I know he's coming to the game because Fran Priscilla and Brad are pretty close, and Fran was working the telecom. He said, oh, make sure you tell him hi, okay. And on the drive back, I, I get this call from Scott who said, hey, i got to put a special guest at your table. And I said, oh, this is Brad Shan, because I didn't think he'd mind. So Brad was there, and then we heard that Vern was coming with his wife, and uh, – our, our radio network had gotten them a couple of nice seats. So they were sitting in the seats and then Vern came around and, uh, and it was great. It was fun to talk to. I produced Vern's show that Vern and Brad did together back in the eighties called around the NFL, uh, a radio show. And that was a lot of fun. And, uh, so I've known those guys obviously a long time and Brad was my boss and, and remains a dear friend. It was great to see Vern again. So it was, it was a lot of fun. We had, we had a wonderful time. What was the feel in the building last night? I was curious because I know that there was a huge crowd and it, and it was loud. And But, I mean, was it more nostalgic? Was it more, uh, you know, competitive vibe? I mean, what, what, was, what was your take on, on, on the field last night? I, I think it was a little of all of that, Tom. They, uh, you know, normally when there's been a sellout, there haven't been too many that, that such a cavernous building, which is part of the reason why they're – part of the reason why they're moving into the new Moody Center next year. It was really tough to sell that place out, 16000 For a long time, it was 16750 and then it was like 16300 But still, it was it, tough to sell that. But they've had three sellouts there this year, 
And prior to that, they had not had a sellout since the 2015-2016 season. So it had been a while. But normally when there's a sellout, there's a real uh, energetic vibe, rabid type of thing, you know, that sort of thing. There was that in moments. But it was more, I think people were came to take a look around at the old girl one more time. There were a lot of people. I can't tell you guys how many people wanted to know, hey, I wonder if there's anything I can take out of here, like a seed or a <laughs> clock or a, you know, they, if you want to rip stuff out, I'm like, dude, you got there's a women's game here Saturday. They're going to host first and second round NCAA tournament. And, oh, by the way, those teams will not play the final ever basketball games at the Irwin Center. That honor goes to the Harlem Globetrotters, who will be on April 2nd, or two shows so no everything stays intact you know so it was it was that kind of thing and it was kind of a lock up when you leave vibe i guess at the end not, you know, a lot of people did not want to leave even with the disappointment from the texas perspective of the, of the loss there were a lot of people that still wanted, were kind of hanging around and taking a lot of pictures and stuff like that taking it all in one more time craig are there any high school games that stand out when you think about the Irwin center uh yeah uh, i can i can remember uh, one that comes to mind, this would have been, I think, 02, uh, doing a, doing a uh, state championship game with uh, Dallas Lincoln with a young man by the name of Chris Bosch uh, taking out Beaumont Ozen with Kendrick Perkins, who's now on ESPN. Uh, I can remember doing that. I remember calling a massive upset in 87 when Hillcrest High of Dallas had slipped in, pulled off a couple upsets, and, and got to the uh, state tournament, then shocked defending state champion Bay City with LeBradford Smith in the semifinals and then beat Cleveland to win the state championship. That comes to mind in 87. Uh, I remember all the excellence of the girls' teams from Nazareth and the boys' teams from Snook. And, you know, there were a lot of a lot of great lower classification basketball. I cut my teeth in college as the quote-unquote play-by-play voice of the Crumb Bobcats. Uh, and, and they had a great run where they won three in a row. In the '90s, so there was yeah. There's a lot of those state tournament memories come to mind. Craig, thanks. We appreciate it. Uh, no, it we just we wanted to kind of get a feel of of what last night looked like uh, from from your chair because we know how many how many events you've done in that building, and we just wanted to kind of see what uh, we were talking about it in a meeting yesterday. I wonder what it's going to be like. <laughs> well, let's find out. So hey, we yeah, appreciate it, your time. It, yeah, Tom, it, it was great. We had it, like I said, you know. From the Texas perspective, they wish it could have gone out with a win, but it was going to be a nostalgic, memorable evening no matter the outcome, and that's what happened. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. You bet.